Heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for music, do ya? Well, it goes like this: the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major left, a baffled king composing hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof, her beauty, and the moonlight overthrew ya. Well, she tied you to her kitchen chair. She broke your throne and cut your hair. Baby, I've been here before. Seen this room. I've walked this floor. I, I used to live alone before I knew ya. And I saw your flag on the marble arch. Maybe there's a God above, but all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who outdrew ya. Well, it's not a cry that you hear at night.
Ah, yes, folks. Good morning. Welcome to Keologus Crack here on a uh, on a, a finally what seems to be like the end of summer has arrived. What a polarizing week it's been. And Mr. O'Brien here, Mike side, and you're very welcome to Keologus Crack. That was uh, Katie Lang kicking off a tune there that reminded me of when we had our Olympics here in uh, in Vancouver, actually. Uh, several years ago, and of course, we're hosting the Invictus Games. Very inspiring to be watching some of that stuff this week, I have to say. Message here from our friends at um, at uh, Guinness, and uh, now arriving in Canada. Just got to get this um, loaded up here, and um, we'll get this uh, little message out. Um, I'll pull that up now in a second, because we're having some technical issues here getting this thing loaded. Here we go. Now arriving in Canada, Guinness Hop House 13, all the way from the Open Gate Brewery at St. James's Gate in Dublin. Double hopped for a more flavorful lager from the first sip to the crisp finish. Earning its name from the original Hop House 13 at St. James's Gate. It's also available at select pubs and now arriving across Canada in 500 milliliter cans. Guinness Hop House 13. More hops, more taste, more character. There you have it. A message from our folks, at our friends at Guinness, our wonderful sponsors over there. All right, Mr. O'Brien here. I'm all alone in the studio. Uh, lots of stuff going on, of course, in the world of sport. I'll bring you up to speed as much as I can. Um, I have a couple of guests joining us as well. I'll have some folks from the Toronto Irish players coming in, uh, coming or calling in rather, to uh, give us a little bit of an update on the uh, the Vale, their newest production, uh, which is produced by our own Geraldine Brown here. Um, so we'll have someone, uh, Ger, calling in to uh, give us a little bit of um, a little bit of information about that. And I've talked to several people who have been to the to do to the play already, and uh, sounds like it's um, a wonderful production. So congrats to them. But we'll hear more about that later on in the show. And also have a um, a caller calling in from Cork, of, co- of all places. And uh, Alice Barry is going to be calling in a little bit later on today to tell us a little bit about a couple of shows that she's going to be take uh, that she's going to be doing here in Toronto called Fruitcake. And uh, I'll give you more details on that. But she's doing a show down at Dora Kyo's on October the 11th. And then she's doing another one in Kitchener-Waterloo on the 17th. So she's going to call in at the bottom of the hour. And then um, we'll have a bit of um, we'll have a bit of crack with her. The St. Pat's folks are all out playing golf today. So um, they got a lovely day for it. Not a t-shirt day, unfortunately. But still 12 degrees and sunny. Um, I'll take it. All right, let's bring you up to date here on a few things that are going on in the world of sport here before we um, get uh, some more music going. And a big congratulations. We're doing great things in the world of rowing. Paul O'Donovan has just defended his uh, world rowing title. Um, another gold medal there for, for uh, the man from Skibbereen. And Mark O'Donovan and Shane O'Driscoll, they won gold at also at the World Rowing Championships together. And those are all taking place down in Sarasota, Florida. So big congratulations there putting Ireland on the board with uh, some rowing medals and look forward to some great things at the next Olympics from those guys. All right, and a little bit of a rugby update. Uh, it was uh, Connacht defeated, were defeated by Scarlets last night, 36-27. Disappointing loss there for Connacht, but um, Scarlets looking like they're uh, going to be very strong this year. Um, Leinster had what many would call a fairly unconvincing win of 21-13 uh, over Edinburgh last night. And, uh, of course, last weekend, uh, Dublin piled on more misery on Mayo. Uh, in the ladies' uh, All-Ireland Senior um, Ladies' Final, uh, Mayo, our Dublin were 4-11 to 11-point uh, winners there. 
And on the golf front, um, our golfers have suddenly woken up, it would appear, at the British Masters. We've got a few golfers in contention. Rory McIlroy, Shane McIlroy and Paul Dunn all doing quite well with Paul Dunn um, now only one shot off the lead. He's got a couple of holes to go. And I'll give you a bit of an update on that as we... Um, I'll give you a little bit of an update on that as we as as the the show the show goes on. Right. Um, what else is going on here? Um, massive news in the world of hurling, of course. And um, uh, there was a um, uh, Congress passed a restructure in how we have our hurling championship run next year. And um, the top ten teams in the country. So the five from Leinster, as we know it today, includes Galway and the five from Munster are going to actually compete in a round robin and those 10 teams will participate. Top two teams in each group will play for a provincial title and there's an awful lot of confusion about the rest of it, I can tell you that. But um, I'll try and get someone on to, to, uh, to give us some details on that. Anyway, so lots going on. I'll have the community calendar of events uh, later on and I'll bring you up to date on uh, any scores as they come in. Um, but uh, why don't we keep going here with a little bit of music? Going to be lots of music today now. That's always the way it is when there's uh, only one fella in the studio here. So um, here's a tune that many of you'll know now. Come all you fa- come all you fair and tender ladies. <laughs>
on a summer morning They first appear and then they're gone They first appear and then they're The Quinn family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. All right, and it's off to Ottawa now to uh, get the news from Ireland. Good morning, Desmond. Good morning, Mark. You're sounding great there, flying solo, flying along. And good morning, folks. Desmond Devoy here with the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our friends at Erlingus, who are always flying along themselves. And here are the top stories that are making headlines in Ireland. Our top story this morning. Irish voters will be voting in as many as eight referenda in the coming two years. Busy voting times. Taoiseach Leo Varadkar told the Doyle on Tuesday that one of the decisions Irish voters will be making in the coming year will also be the most contentious, a vote on the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution, which guarantees the equal right to life for a, mo- for a mother and the unborn. Voters will decide on the future of Ireland's abortion laws in either May or June of 2018. An all-party Oireachtas committee is due to consider the matter and make recommendations by Christmas. In October 2018, there are three anticipated votes, one on the Constitution section on blasphemy, and another is on, quote, the woman's woman's life within the home section, as well as a vote for voters to directly elect mayors throughout the country. Looking even further ahead to 2019, there will be votes to reduce from one to two years the time couples who have to live apart before getting a divorce. June 2019 will be another busy time for votes to both reduce the voting age to 16 and to allow Irish people living abroad to vote in presidential elections. The government is also considering holding a referendum on keeping Irish water in public ownership. Referendums in October 2018 could be held on the same day as the presidential election if one is held, while the June 2019 referendums will be held on the same day as local and European elections. In other news this morning, Bird Hill County Tipperary has been named as the winner of the annual Tidy Towns competition, while Clonakilty County Cork has been named Ireland's tidiest small town. Bird, Bird Hill topped the list of a record 870 towns and villages across the island taking part in the competition. The Irish Times reports that the winners were announced this past Monday at Dublin City University. 
Other winners included West Fort County Mayo, which is Ireland's tidiest large centre, while Ennis County Clare was again named Ireland's tidiest, tidiest large urban centre. Bird Hill is located on the N7 between Limerick and Nina. Its Gaelic name translates to the Hill of the Fair Bird and derives its name from a mythical encounter between Ocean of the Siana and a giant bird, which is said to have caused a lot of destruction in the area. Well, in business news this morning, about 4,000 jobs at Bombardier's plant in Belfast could be in danger. Earlier this week, the United States Department of Commerce slapped a 220% tariff on the Canadian headquartered manufacturer's C-series planes, the wings, of May, the wings of which are made by 1,000 workers in Northern Ireland being sold in the United States. A Downing Street spokesman told the Belfast Telegraph that British Prime Minister Theresa May has expressed concern about the effect that the ruling could have on jobs in the North, saying it was, quote, an uncertain and worrying time for the workers and their families at the Bombardier facility. Back in Montreal, Bombardier said that it, quote, strongly disagrees with the preliminary decision, calling it, quote, absurd and divorced from reality. A second ruling is expected next month over what rival airplane manufacturer Boeing is calling the dumping of aircraft selling planes at cut prices. In health news this morning, Health Minister Simon Harris is calling for the Catholic Church to, in essence, butt out of health business, which it knows next to nothing about. Harris described as ignorant and pathetic words by Bishop Alphonsus Cullinan, the Bishop of Watford and Lismore, that vaccinating 12-year-old girls against HPV, or the human papilloma virus, could lead to promiscuity. Cullinan had been speaking on WLR radio in Waterford when he said that the HPV vaccine was, quote, not only a medical issue, it's a lifestyle issue. Speaking to reporters in Dublin on Friday, Harris said that, quote, some of this week's attempts by the bishop to purport to be a medical expert have been extraordinarily disappointing. Harris added, keep your view to what your area of expertise is. Conan said that Japan had stopped administering Gardasil and that Denmark had replaced it, but Harris said that his government did not share these concerns. Harris said that this vaccine could save lives and that 300 Irish women will get cervical cancer this year, and nearly 100 will die from the disease. Well, this week in Irish history, on September 29, 1979, Pope John Paul II visits Ireland, and on that day spoke to more than 300,000 people in Drogheda, County Louth. He would later celebrate Mass to more than a million people at Dublin's Phoenix Park. On September 28, 2012, famed country singer Larry Cunningham dies at the age of 74. On September 25, 1917, Easter Rising volunteer Thomas Ashe dies after being forcibly fed by prison authorities while on a hunger strike. On the same day in 1983, more Irish Republicans in a British jail. On that day, 38 IRA prisoners broke out of Longcash Prison in Northern Ireland, the largest jailbreak in British history. And on the same day in 2000, Cove-born Sonia O'Sullivan won a silver medal in the women's 5,000-meter race at the Sydney Summer Olympics. And there you go, folks. That was the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our friends over at Aer Lingus. Traveling to Ireland and Europe has never been easier with Aer Lingus' year-round direct service from Toronto to Dublin, with connections available for more than 10 Canadian cities to Dublin. Smart flies Aer Lingus. Check them out online at www.airlingus.com. That's www.aerlingus.com. Now you're back. Now you're up to date. Now it's back to Toronto with Mark O'Brien and Kyolagus Crack. So until next week, folks, Lango Foil. 
Right, there you go, Emmett Spiceland, Bodge and Ailey, and uh, uh, that song always reminds me of Charlie Dooley. I remember going off many years ago to a uh, to a cottage with Charlie and his family, and he used to sing his daughters to sleep with that song. Sure, they hadn't a clue what he was singing, but um, anyway, he was able to carry a tune, that fella. If you're ever in a, an old sing-song with Charlie Dooley and uh, ask him for a song, don't let him tell you he can't sing, because I can guarantee you that he can all right, very good. Well, um, last week or two weeks ago, um, Ken did a wonderful interview with um, Chef Justin, who was the, the master chef at, um, at the storehouse in, um, uh, in Dublin. And uh, there was a few people over from Guinness that day. And I'm going to play another part of an interview. It's about 10 minutes long, but I won't play all 10 minutes, but just give you a taste. Because he also met the master, uh, the brewmaster uh, for Guinness. He was here on a trip uh, promoting the Guinness brand. So um, going to um, see if we can get this going. Um, hopefully we've converted this properly and hopefully the sound quality is not bad. I'll keep an eye on it and I'll come back here if it's a little bit shaky. Here we go. Okay, folks. Well, on the line, I'm delighted to have Ian Colgan from the storehouse, Guinness storehouse, that is, in lovely Dublin in Ireland. Ian, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having How me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome to Toronto. This is a, a quick visit in and out, doing a bit of promotion of Ireland and Guinness, of course, one of the, the finest exports we have, I suppose, other than our people. Tell us a little bit about your job at the Guinness Storehouse. Yeah, so I've quite a unique job, I suppose. Um, my title is a beer specialist, so I've worked for Guinness for about 10 years. Uh, prior to that, I've worked in around the drinks industry for 20 um, and yeah, so pretty much my job is all based around talking about promoting, making uh, Guinness, pretty much. Yeah. 
It's a it's a fabulous brand, obviously. I mean, probably one of the the world's most recognized brands. I don't even know if there's a if there's a ranking on that, but it's uh, it's just incredible. Obviously, anytime you you mention Ireland to people, it's one of the the top things that come up. How do you how do you stay ahead and keep that fresh within people's minds? I don't know. I suppose I suppose as you're saying, it's up there with Conor McGregor and you two at the moment. I suppose that's <laughs> the, the yeah. main exports. Um, I suppose uh, I I think. It's longevity. Uh, Guinness has been around since 1759. You know, the brewery was started by Arthur back in Dublin in 1759. And we always say he's like an early form of Steve Jobs. You know, he kind of had foresight. He he knew what he was doing. Like, he started off as an ale brewer. And then kind of 1796, he started making darker beers for the first time. And he got the idea after seeing the beers coming from England. And he saw the change in trends back then. And I suppose we tried to keep up that tradition and tried to keep it fresh. So we're kind of a hybrid between a beer that's, full of history and also kind of modern like you see with the hop house that you have now very good and and i tell you it must be uh must be great when you're in conversation with people to say that you're a, a beer specialist and especially be related to uh, the guinness brand you do mighty work i have to say i uh drink my fair share of it so well done thank you very much yeah no it's an interesting one all right um most of the time i have to prove myself with a business card i think when I think everyone thinks they're a beer specialist. I think the only fact that I have a business card that says Guinness on it makes me slightly, slightly above average, I suppose. <laughs> Very good. And uh, Ian, um, do you, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but about how many pints do you pull each year at the storehouse with visitors going through there? Well, we have 1.6 million visitors come through the, the storehouse every year, so that's quite a lot of Guinness, as you can imagine. Um, personally, on a personal level, they reckon that my team alone will probably pull about 100 pints a day. So that's three six that's three thousand six hundred points a year. Personally, I I probably pull over there. So it's um yeah it's a huge operation. And um, it's Ireland's number one visitor centre, as you probably know. So we've actually have a stat that one in two visitors to Dublin actually come to the Guinness Storehouse, which is a huge stat to have. You know, that's amazing. It's uh, yeah quite the uh, the tourist attraction. I'm always telling people who are travelling over from Canada to make sure that they pay a visit. It's well Absolutely. worth it. What's your yeah. uh, where's your biggest market outside of Ireland for Guinness now? You sorry? The biggest market for for Guinness um, outside of Ireland. Believe it or not, the biggest market for a Guinness, um, yeah, actually outside of Ireland still is is Africa, Asia, the Caribbean. So at the moment, Nigeria would probably be the biggest consumer of Guinness that we have. Believe Very it or good. not. So um, we reckon that um, on March 17, 2017, most of the Guinness drank on Paddy's Day was actually drank in Nigeria this year. <laughs> well, if you ask me to guess, if you give me three chances at that, I would not have come up. I with know, yeah, it's a great table quiz question. I've just shared it now with the whole of Canada, but apart from that, it's a, it's, it's, it won't be kind of keep close to our, our chest. It's a great table quiz question, you know. Very good indeed, yeah. And do you know where Canada rank in in the numbers? Are we are we up there? Um, well, we, we uh, I'd say about probably maybe fifth, sixth, something like that. Oh, not too bad. The thing about Canada is it's, it's a massive country and. You do happen to have quite a lot of Irish people over here as well, so they, they, they help blow this, you know. Yeah, the second biggest landmass in the world, but we don't have the, the huge population. I mean, we're only about the size of, of California, so... I heard that, we, yeah. Uh, I was looking at the stats today. It's amazing, yeah. The uh, the Canadians do like their beer, so uh, you'll see lots of Guinness poured around town, so that's great. And, of course, the new uh, Hop House 13, too. You'll see plenty of that, so that's good. That's going well for you? Yeah, Hop House 13, um, again, I, was, I talked about this yesterday, uh, a, a kind of random stat. Canada was the second country after Ireland to get it. I don't know if you heard that. So oh, very it was good. launched in Ireland about two years ago, and then we wanted to share the love with Canada. So uh, Canada was the first country after Ireland to get it, and that was last September, I believe. 
and now it's available in the UK and it's uh, not available anywhere else at the moment. We're looking at launching it maybe in Australia, New Zealand and maybe North America later on, like down, down the States. But uh, yeah, so officially the statistic was Canada was the second country after Ireland to get Hop House. So there you go. Oh, very good. Excellent. Good stuff. Glad to see we're holding up our piece of the bargain here then. That's it, 100%. That's great, and uh, I suppose with, with Guinness and, and the history and that, I mean, and the launch of, of the Hop House 13, is that how you're trying to stay in touch with all these new trends with the craft brews and things like that? Again, I think I, think I mentioned earlier, uh, the thing with Guinness is one of my favourite parts of working for the company is we have the history, but we also have this kind of modernisation. So apart from working for the storehouse, I also work for what we call the Open Gates Brewery, which is our little pilot plant we have on site. And there's a team of small brewers there, and what we do is, we kind of make experimental beers. So in the last so 10 months, we've made more beers than we have in the last 10 years. So not to say we're trying to compete with craft beers, but we want to join the conversation. And I suppose we have the heritage of brewing, so we kind of want to be able to say, look, we make we can make other beers apart from the black stuff, you know. So in the last, geez, in the last 10 months, we've made some crazy beers. We've made everything from a, a plum sour to a, an apple stout and a, a strawberry and pressed basil porter. We've done crazy stuff. Oh, very good. And yeah, yeah. Could we plan to hit the market anytime soon? It's it's more a bit of fun, and some of them obviously sure. yeah would have a game plan to maybe be launched. But the the problem when you make these type of beers is these experimental beers is sort of scalability. So all of a sudden you're making a strawberry porter with fresh strawberries, and you make it with eight kegs, and then next thing you know you, you want to make it for say Canada, and you'd have to buy half of the strawberries from Wexford. <laughs> it's not really <laughs> it's not really feasible then when you go to scale it up. So. Some of them are experimental. Some of them actually will, will will probably be released in the future. I'm sure. Yeah. Very good. And um, so your uh, a quick visit in into the Toronto market. Have you been to Toronto before? Never, never been to Canada before. Um, uh, unfortunately, I'm leaving today, but uh, I will stop off now at Steam Whistle on the way out and have a look around at some of the kind of craft beers before I head off. So I'm excited about that. And uh, some great food. We went to Buka for some um, some kind of experimental food during night and. The food culture and the beer culture here seems to be off the chain. It's, it's, it's very exciting over here. All right, I'm going to wind out that uh, great interview there by Ken, which took place about a week and a half ago when um, <clears throat> some folks from uh, Guinness were over promoting uh, the Guinness brand here. Uh, fascinating that Canada is the first country outside of Ireland to get their new Hop House 13 brand. And of course, we promoted that right off the top. Anyway, I'm delighted to be joined on the line now. I committed that uh, this person would call in um, earlier on um, this morning. And uh, she's a good friend of someone very well known to most of our listeners, uh, Aideen O'Brien here. I think they hail from probably the same part of the world. And I'm delighted that uh, Alice Barry has been able to join me here. And Alice is coming to do a couple of performances and wanted to tell the listeners a little bit about that. Um, Alice, thanks a lot for calling Keologus Crack. How are you doing today? Hi, Mark. I'm doing great over here in Cork in Ireland. It's gorgeous here at the moment, looking out over Cork Harbour. How are you all? Uh, we're all great, actually. It was uh, it was about 38 degrees last week here, and today Ooh. it's 12. So that's Canada. We skip we skip full seasons over here, Alison. You'll get a you'll get a bit of a we taste. We tend to do that here as well, Mark. Uh, usually summer. <laughs> I know the scoop. I know. So you're a good friend of Aideen's. That's right, yeah, we've been school friends and we're friends for years since, so, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, um, She's a great woman, Aideen O'Brien, don't say anything against her. Uh, sure, we love her, we love her. We're, yeah. I'm always joking, uh, we're always joking, I used to have a crush on her for many years, so, um, <laughs> and, and she never listens to the show, so uh, she never hears me say that, so anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, so anyway, tell us a little bit about uh, Alice, about um, about fruitcake, and uh, is is it a solo deal here? Is this you and it you? It is. It's just me. I've yeah. written it and I'm performing it myself. It's been touring in Ireland now for about twelve years. I wrote it originally as part of a commission from Meath County Council, and Mary McAvoy toured it here for ten years. So we had a, a great fun doing that. I was out on the road with her. And then I've been, I'm an actor myself, I trained in Trinity, and I sort of thought, oh, now I could actually do that myself. <laughs> I sort of grew into the role, and I think Mary sort of went off doing John B. Keane stuff and that. And so I've been doing it myself for a year now, and I've been getting fantastic response for it. In fact, I did it Thursday night in a theatre here, and I had a packed house and standing ovation, so you can't ask for more than that, Mark. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And so yeah. uh, are we talking... Uh Comedy here, or what are we talking? Um, well, now, as one of the audience members the other night said to me, she said, I cried, I laughed, uh-huh. I was shocked. She said, I just took her on a, this huge journey, emotional journey. There's lots of laughs in it. It's kind of based around a woman growing up in a farm in the country in Ireland, so it's got lots of sort of memory for people as well. And, you know, it's just, it's just an all-arounder, really, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, lots of laughs. And, and is this? You said you're an actor yourself, but um, or an actress. But have you? Is this? Is this your first foray into a kind of individual performance? I, I'm sure there's no, another term. No, I did for a one woman show in the Everyman Theatre last year, um, a show called Violet Gibson, the woman who shot Mussolini, and I also wrote that myself. And it's about an Irish woman who shot Mussolini. Wow. <laughs> which is a, based on a true story. So um, so this was then sort of, oh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing it myself. And it's nice to have something that you can kind of pull out of the bag and t- tour with, you know. So I'm very excited to be going to Toronto with this international tour, you know. It's great. Oh, it's great. And and I don't know. Have, have you been to Toronto before, uh, Alice? I have been to Toronto you before, okay. actually, over to see Aideen and her lovely family. And um, I just loved it over there, you know, so I'm very excited to get back now and to be able to do my show there. And, you know, that's all going to be very exciting. That's yeah. great. Well, you're, you, uh, you're, you've you picked a couple of wonderful venues. You're going down to Dora Kyo's uh, pub on Wednesday, October the 11th, and that's taking place yeah. at 8 o'clock. And um, that should be fantastic. And then uh, on the 15th, uh, you're doing yes. a matinee down in... Um, now, is there, there's a matinee in Dora Kyo's as well on Sunday the 15th. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, at 3 p.m. Yeah. Okay. And then you're doing yes. a third show in, I believe, in Kitchener-Waterloo Little Theatre. And yes, that's going that's to right. be on the 17th. So you're here for about a week anyway. It's, it's on the, eight, the 17th, yeah, at it's, 8 p.m. So it's an evening show there as well. Yeah. It's part of the Unhinged Theatre Festival there. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. All right, wonderful, wonderful. And so, um, quick question for you about about. Uh, so, will you continue to do this? Are you going to take this to to the states? Or are you going to take this to? I am. Yeah, I actually am. Ho- I'm in pre-production already to bring it to Boston next year and New York. And um, I'm hoping then to do a tour of England with it as well because it's never been to around Great Britain either. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you now, I usually do this show with uh, another fella from Sligo and yeah. uh, it's an hour and, and I really do. I have to play an awful lot of music because I, I can't imagine what it would be like. This is a, a radio show where I get to say a few things in between songs and I get to yeah. di- dictate how long I can talk for. I cannot imagine 
<laughs> I can't imagine doing what you're about to do here. So well, well done. Oh, listen, I love it myself. I have to say it's so exciting live theater because like the audience really takes you on a journey as well. And that's what's magical about theater, you know, is that the space is always different. The, what the audience bring to the show themselves is always different. So... Yeah, it's a great little piece. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, wonderful, Alice. You, you sound like a real live wire, and I wish you the very best of luck. Unfortunately, Thanks, Mark. I hope you'll make it down yourself. <clears> well, you? I, I was about to say I'm actually going to be travelling in uh, in Calgary when you're here on the 11th, but oh. I might actually make your matinee. I'm not sure, so we'll see. Fantastic. If we can swing sure, that. you know, with that crush you have on AD now, you'd never know. You know, could be the makings of you. Well, that's <laughs> a lot more complex now than it was when I used to declare that. So that, that don't we we won't even talk about it anymore. <laughs> Maybe not to be discussed on the radio. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Alice, thanks a lot for calling in. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, the, the best of luck with your trip here. And, and you're so good for calling in. Thanks. Great. Thank you very much, Mark. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. 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 They come from the farms and the factories too They all soon forget who they are The cares of today, well, they're soon washed away As they sit at a stool by the bar The girl with green eyes in the rolling stone shirt Doesn't look like she works on the land And the man at the end, he's a very good friend of a man who sells cars second-hand Down at the Red Rose Cafe In the harbour There by the port just outside Amsterdam Everyone shares in the songs And the laughter Everyone there is so happy to be there Well, the salesmen relax with a few pints of beer They try not to talk about trade The poet won't write any verses tonight But he may sing a sweet serenade So pull up a chair and forget about life it's a good thing to do now and then And if you like it here then I have an idea Tomorrow let's all meet again Down at the Red Rose Cafe In the harbour There by the port just outside Amsterdam Everyone shares in the songs and the laughter Everyone there is so happy to be there Down at the Red Rose Cafe in the harbour There by the port just outside Amsterdam shares in the songs and the laughter everyone there is 
When you think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keene family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home and not too far from home at 838 the Queensway in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. All right, that's very good. And just wanted to let everybody know as well that um, that uh, Ellie Reynolds' as edition of Celtic Canada has just come out again and um, get into your uh, your local Irish pubs and you'll find that there. All right, we're going to have Jerry here calling in from the Toronto Irish Players uh, very, very soon. We'll go on here with a, a little bit of music until that happens. As the sun was setting O'er the bright May meadows of Chenelier A rebel hand Set the heather blazing And brought the neighbors From far and near Then far from old Kilcormick Spurred up the rocks With the warning cry Armand, he cried For I've come to lead you For Ireland's freedom We'll fight or die Against the calming soldiers and the cowardly men we put to flight. Twas at the harrow the boys of Wexford showed Brookie's regiment how men could fight. Look out. Search every kingdom where breeds a slave for Father Murphy of County Wexford sleeps o'er the land like a mighty wave at Finney. 
Bleaker Hill or the pleasant Slaney, our heroes vainly stood back to back, and the old Tullo took Father Murphy and burned his body upon the rack. God grant you glory, brave Father Murphy, and open heaven to all your men. The cause that called you may call tomorrow in a All right, there we go, Paddy Riley and Bula Vogue. And uh, right on cue, uh, good morning, Geraldine Brown. How are you doing? Welcome to Keologus Crack. I'm doing good, Mark. How are you? Ah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Tell us about the veil. You're in full flight again. We're in full flight. Um, a fantastic performance from all the cast and crew, uh, getting great reviews. Uh, unfortunately, we're a month earlier than usual, so... Uh, the word hasn't gotten out, so we're really trying to get people out to see this fantastic show tonight, tomorrow, and next weekend. So, All right. So tonight, tomorrow, and uh, next weekend, taking place down at the Alumni Theatre, and um, that's on 70 Berkeley Street. What, what's the, the storyline, again, uh, just so the listeners can get a little bit enthusiastic about it here? It's a haunting drama. Uh, it's, the storyline is this aristocratic family in Ireland in 1822 um, have lost all their money and the daughter has been married off to a rich English aristocrat and two gentlemen have come from England to escort her back to England and let's just say some strange things happen in the house over the few days while they're there. Wow, all right. Uh, it's um, got some singing in it with some two lovely singers who sing songs in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a very new cast this year. Um, so but we're an excellent performance by everybody and rave reviews. So we just need to get people out to see this show. Well, I'm sure um, I'm sure that they'll do exactly that. So you mentioned the new cast and um, who are some of the, the new players? We have a few Irish uh, Irish folks in the uh, in the cast? We actually don't. It's no. a completely non-Irish cast this year, first time ever. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the women who were in Joe Dolan last year are in it, um, Tilly Marie Murta and Rebecca Delacour. Um, Ted Powers, who was in an ideal husband two years ago. Liam Doherty, who was in No Romance about four years ago. But um, so actually, we have no Irish... Uh, people in the cast this year. All right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's very Irish. It doesn't matter. It's a very (laughs) Irish play with very Irish content with laughs and cries and everything that goes with an Irish play. Wonderful. uh, So just to remind everyone, uh, is there a show tonight, Geraldine? There is a show tonight at 8 o'clock. There is a matinee tomorrow at 2 o'clock. And then next Thursday, Friday and Saturday again at 8 o'clock. 
and the cover charge for the for the show? Cover charge is twenty five dollars regular and twenty three for seniors and students. All right, okay, sure. That's like two pints of Guinness right now. Exactly. Aye, good. <laughs> All right, Geraldine, we'll keep the word going here and best of luck. Hopefully we can um, put lots of bums in seats there for you, but um, you're doing great work and um, I'm sure it'll be rewarded. Well done. Thank you, Mark, and thank you and Ken for your airtime. No problem at all. You know we're here, all the, we're here for you all the time, right? Thank you very much. Okay, good stuff. Thanks, Geraldine. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, Geraldine Brown doing great work and um, that's there to promote uh, The Veil. So get down there tonight at 8 o'clock and matinee tomorrow. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead here with the community calendar of events, get a few of these other things um, uh, announced for everybody. Uh, we had Emmett Cal on here recently and just a reminder that um, he is having a concert down in Oakville on October the 7th. That's taking place at St. Andrew's, at St. Andrew's Catholic Church. That's on 47 Reynolds Street in Oakville. And uh, tickets are $45 and there's a meet and greet. And the doors open at 6.15 there. Tickets um, are $30 for the show itself. The meet and greet is is, uh, $45. Um, So that is taking place um, down in Oakville. The uh, Cork Association, um, we're having their annual dinner dance. Uh, That's taking place on Saturday, October the 14th. And that's taking place at St. Bonaventure Parish Hall. That's at 1300 Leslie Street. It's at Leslie and Lawrence. And again, as I said, Saturday, October the 14th. It's always a sellout. Tickets are $65 per person. Hugo is providing the entertainment, so you know there's going to be a bit of crack. If you want to um, get some tickets for that, call John Cawley at 647-285-0866 or send him an email at john.g.cawley47 at gmail.com. The Ireland-Canada... Chamber of Commerce, fourth annual uh, President's Dinner keynote speaker, Paul Quigley. He's the co-founder and CEO of News Whip. And um, that's all taking place on October the 18th at the National Club. That's at 303 Bay Street, 5.30 cocktails, 6.30 dinner. And then the keynote speech uh, takes place just after that. It's $150 per person or $1,500 per table. Go to the Chamber of Commerce website, the, the ICCCTO website for that information. Um, and one of the best days of the year, the uh, annual Ireland Fun Day at the races is taking place on Saturday, October the 21st at Woodbine. Um, it's um, always a fantastic event, uh, a, a fantastic event. The proceeds for this event, of course, go to support Celtic Studies program at uh, St. Michael's College, University of Toronto. And uh, don't be afraid to put on a, an old hat and, and look the part because there's always prizes for the best dressed. Ken is always in the running for that. There's also a buffet lunch at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock post time. Tickets are, you can actually sponsor a race um, uh, corporately or individually, $3,000 for a race sponsorship, and and includes a table of 10, or it's $1,350 for a table of 10, or individual tickets, $135, or it's only $100 for people under the age of 35. What else have we got going on here? Uh, We have the, um, oh yes, the Open Door Kaylee, Saturday, October the 21st at 8 o'clock, 11.30, Open Door Kaylee. Everyone's welcome, beginners and advanced. And that's taking place at the Royal Canadian Legion at 3591 Dundas Street West in Toronto. Tickets are $15 for that. Um, For more information, you can contact Geraldine at 416-573-1205. And um, also wanted to announce... Uh, of course, that the 27th annual Mass of Memory 
is taking place the, um, in St. Paul's Basilica, Basilica at 83 Power Street. That's on Sunday, October the 29th at 2017 at 3 p.m. Um, immediately followed by the 27th annual Mass of Memory reception followed in the church hall. Um, if you want to uh, get more details on this, call Maraid at 416-264-5363 or call Narita in Ottawa, area code 613-422-2291. Um, what else have we got here? Yes, we got the Chamber of Commerce table quiz that's taking place on Thursday, November the 16th. And that's uh, at the Hot House Cafe. Michael Monaghan will be down there to do all the questions again. We'll be announcing that on uh, closer to the event as well. Um, and then finally, um, Danny Doyle, the author of the book uh, Mila Mila Again, uh, the Irish language in Canada, is going to be a guest speaker um, at the Toronto Reference Library. And that's taking place on Saturday, November the 4th. And the presentation is going to take place at what's called the Discussion Room of the Toronto Reference Library. That's at 789 Young Street. That's a block north of Bloor and Young's Crossroad. And again, Saturday, November 4th, starting at 2 p.m. All right, we'll go out here, uh, go on here with a little bit of music um, before I come back to you here in a second. folks just have to bring that one down there um and uh it's time for uh time to conclude the show here um we've got a few minutes to go uh thank you to alice barry for calling in all the way from cork and i hope everybody gets down to um uh, to see her and of course the toronto irish players and geraldine brown um thank you very much for um for calling in as well uh geraldine and uh Let's all get out and support the wonderful work that Toronto Irish players do and uh, fill the house, fill the alumni theatre for them. 
All right, folks, uh, that's it for me. We'll see everybody back here on, I guess, it's next weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend. So we'll see everybody then. Slána Gwivgalair. community can be heard every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon.